Anya, and welcome to my magical cottage car life. Today, we're going to do something fun. We are going to drink a shrub. You heard me. We're going to drink a shrub. Well, to be more correct, we're going to chat about how to make a shrub, and then later on, tell you how you can drink that shrub. But you need to understand, I'm not talking about plant life at all. I'm talking about a drink, a very old kind of drink that you may not have heard of. So open up your big book of stuff and turn to the summer fruit section or fruit drink section because today we're going to learn how to drink and make a shrub. Okay? Oh, and trust me, you will not need pruning gloves for this one. Let's get started. Now, some of you may already know what I'm referring to when I say drinking a shrub. Others of you may have it confused with switchel, which is not the same because switchel is made with ginger and a shrub is made with fruit. Now I've seen it where you can mix ginger into the shrub to give it a flavor, but at that point it's questionable because a switchel doesn't necessarily have fruit. It's really supposed to just have ginger and other flavors. So I'm not really sure where that line exists where a shrub becomes a switchel, or a switchel becomes a shrub, or it becomes, I don't know, biculinary? You're supposed to laugh at that. Oh, come on, that was funny, right? No, I tried. Okay, so for the purposes of this episode, we're talking about shrubs and no ginger. So... Well, let's talk about what the shrub is, though, for people who don't know. And don't feel self-conscious if you don't know, because we don't know what we don't know until we learn it. So let's learn it together. If you don't know, now you know. You know? So let's be clear about what that shrub drink that we're referring to actually is. It's a fruit vinegar. You heard me, fruit vinegar. Now, before you say something like, vinegars can't be sweet, exhibit A, balsamic vinegar. So, you know, and I love balsamic vinegar, but vinegars can be sweet. In fact, one of the things I like to do is use rice wine vinegar when I'm preserving things like red bud blossom. So, you know, it's on you whether or not you, you want to drink that. But don't go in with the judgment that it's going to taste badly because it's vinegar. Because you'll be missing out on a new experience. But seriously, fruit shrubs are really quite nice and they actually helped the British uh, combat scurvy when they were sailing 
and during prohibition in the United States, people were using fruit shrubs uh, to get around not being able to drink. It's not quite a cordial, but it is something that if it's fermented long enough, well, I'll let you use your imagination on that. But I haven't heard of it. But I will say this, it is very often added to cocktails. So putting a little bit in some rum or brandy definitely will make it more alcoholic to a good taste. So that's how you would get an alcoholic shrub. You'd have to mix it. Now, of course, you're going to use what you have on hand. You may only have white vinegar, but if it's possible to get some apple cider vinegar, that's very much a better thing to do, or an expensive wine vinegar. In this particular case, you're going to kind of get what you pay for. So experiment with different ones and with different qualities. But one thing is for certain, they should all have a minimum of 5% acidity to help uh, combat the growth of those little nasties that could harm us when we're making food. We don't want spoilage. But also something else to remember that's equally important is that whenever you're making this drink, the same food safety rules apply. You want to make sure everything's clean and as sterile as possible. Hot water and all that. The same rules you would use if you were making jam or any other food-based vinegar. You're going to do the same thing here. So, uh, whatever you're making it in, make sure you clean it with hot soapy water and sterilize it in boiling water uh, or water that was boiling and then turned off and you put it in there for 10 minutes until it's nice and, and safe, food safe. Then you let it dry completely before you use it. Meanwhile, let's get into how we're going to make our shrub. I picked with my husband an enormous amount of cherries. So that's what I'm going to use. I'm going to seed them, of course. We do not want uh, the seeds in there. Cherry seeds have a trace amount of arsenic. So we definitely don't want to have massive amounts of seeds in something that we're going to drink. So seed, or more correctly, de-seed your cherries and chop them up after you, of course, wash them. And you're going to need about two cups of them. That's funny. While I was saying uh, the title of this particular segment that we just finished in the podcast for this episode, I put the name Arsenic and Old Thank You, and it made me think of Arsenic and Old Lace, which is a very classic movie. So if you're into movies, watch Arsenic and Old Lace. It is in black and white, uh, but I don't think that should stop you from enjoying good work by thespians. So please check out Arsenic and Old Lace, the original one. And it just made me think of them. I could just see them having a shrub in their pantry waiting to drink together on uh, slow evenings, maybe on top of a lace tablecloth. So that image just came to my mind. But back to what we're doing. So you're going to need two cups of chopped fruit, uh, preferably washed. If you're using berries, you want to make sure you soak those berries in lemon water so any bugs that are in them will come out because we don't want that in our drink. Um, 
especially for blackberries because it's blackberry season right now here in Michigan and we have the infestation of the critters in our blackberries so it's oh dear I'm recording this outside and I, I think I see a skunk we may have to move inside for this episode oh it's going the other way it's fine all right okay keep it moving black and white kitty cat I know it's not a cat, but it was fun to say. All right, so yeah. Um, so you need two uh, cups of the fruit. And then what you're going to use is about two cups of the vinegar. Again, start this off with apple cider vinegar. It'll be a little bit more mellow to get you started. And you're also going to need about a cup and three quarters or two cups of sugar. Now, if you're not in the United States, let's talk about that. So I'm giving this recipe in imperial measurements, but I am fully aware that the majority of the world does not use imperial measurements. You use the metric system. Well, what can I say? America! I live in America, so we use the imperial system. But what I will say is this. Because of the way the measurements are, you can easily take your measuring cup and make all of the parts equal. So a full measuring cup of, uh, or two full measuring cups, whatever unit you're using, of fruit, two full measuring cups of vinegar, two full measuring cups, or almost two full ones of sugar. It doesn't have to be white sugar. Uh, it can be raw sugar. Just understand when you use brown or raw sugar or cane sugar that's not refined, it does have a different taste. So if that's a taste you like, that will work for you. But if it is not, if you haven't used it before, have a care because it will be very different of a product if you use a white sugar versus a brown. Now you're gonna need a very large jar or a very large container. And I do mean large because all of these cups are going into the same container. So you've got two cups of vinegar, you've got two cups of fruit, and you've got sugar. So you want to keep that in mind that you're going to need a large container. But here's the thing. It's not all going in at the same time. Okay? Because your sugar's not even going to be used until later on. I mean like days later. So, you know, give yourself at least maybe a quart jar or a half gallon. I'd probably say a half gallon jar would be best for this particular recipe. Okay? Am I right? Am I thinking right? No, no, because if you're using two, two cups of each, yeah, it's a quart-sized jar. It's a quart-sized canning jar. Okay. All right, I had to think about it because I was going back and forth between systems in my head. So it's going to be a quart. All right, so once you've got that ready, you're going to take your uh, vinegar and you're going to put your vinegar in a pot and you're going to bring it up just under a boil. Do not get it boiling. That's too hot. Just heat it up to those teeny tiny bubbles start moving around, but don't let it boil. Then what you're going to do 
is you're going to get it ready to go into the jar. But before you do, something else has to happen. So while that vinegar is heating up, what you're going to do is you're going to have all that freshly chopped fruit and you're going to put those two cups in that quart jar. Okay, you're going to put it in a jar. And then once that vinegar is hot, right before it begins to boil, you're going to turn it off. You're going to pour that vinegar into that jar. Now listen, listen very carefully. There's a lot of delicate timing and moving parts in here. That jar cannot be cold. Okay? Keep that jar in some hot water until it's almost time for you to, to start this. Then take that heated jar out of the water. I know we said to let it dry, but when we're getting ready to do this, we, it's, it's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts here, okay? So you're gonna put it in some hot water to heat the jar. Then you're gonna pour it back out. That way it's all hot. You want that jar hot. Put it to the side while all this is going on. Heat your vinegar, put your fruit in the jar, and then you're gonna pour that hot vinegar into that jar over the fruit. That's why the jar has to be hot. You put hot, hot, hot vinegar into a cold jar, it's gonna shatter and that's gonna be a bad time, okay? All right, let's get to the next part. Now, if you know about canning, you know about headspace. If you do not know about canning, this is a good time to look it up because what we're doing here, we're preserving, we're canning. So once you've got that, that liquid in there, that vinegar, what you have to do is leave a quarter inch of space from the top of the jar to the top of the liquid, okay? Push it down, make sure you get a nice spatula or a wooden craft stick, like a tongue depressor stick. Do not use metal use something wooden or plastic and push it down make sure all the bubbles are out shouldn't be hard and then what you're gonna do is once all the bubbles are out you're going to seal it now when you were washing your jar you should have been washing that that lid of your jar too because you don't wash one without the other so you've got your clean lid and you're gonna seal that jar up with that lid and that ring just seal that bad boy up and you're gonna let it cool down to room temperature all on its own just leave it alone. Don't move it. Don't shake it. Just let it sit and cool. Sometimes you just have to sit still. It's good to just be at peace and set still. And it is in setting still that we allow things to settle around us and to come into the fruition of time. about when you're using canning jars you want them to seal and follow the manufacturers instructions but one thing that everybody needs to know and you're gonna have a little vinegar set to the side for this take a clean cloth <clears throat> and dip a little bit in that vinegar I'm gonna wipe around the rim of the uh, glass on the top and that's before you put that seal on that jar then you close it up and the reason you do that is so it'll seal properly because you don't want any gaps. You don't want any botulism or nasty bacteria or bugs, okay? 
and then you're going to put this now completely cooled jar once it's cooled completely after you sealed it remember you seal it while it's hot once it's completely cooled down you're going to put it in a dark place like a cabinet once it's put away leave it for at least two days um you can even have it in there for up to a month just make sure you don't see any cloudiness or any kind of grossness that looks like it's bacterial growth. Uh, you don't want anything gross happening in there. If there's something gross in there, get rid of it. Yeah, sorry to say that sounds bad, but better safe than sorry. You want to have food safety. But, you know, normal fruiting lookingness, yeah, that's fine. There's, there, you'll, you'll know the difference. You'll know. And then after the time that you get it to where you think it'll be infused enough, you're going to take it out. And now comes the sugar. Okay, so now we get to the sugar. Once we've gotten to this part, where it's gotten as infused as, infused as you want, you're going to take some cheesecloth or coffee filters or a sieve or whatever you have and you're going to filter out the fruit into a clean sterilized bowl or a container. You're also going to have another quart jar on standby because you're going to be using that. You're going to sterilize it like we talked about earlier. Everything should be washed including the lid and sterilized. It should still be warm at this stage because now we're getting ready to do the next part. Now, I want to also circle back to something. When I said you don't want it cloudy, it should be a little cloudy. I mean, it's food, but it shouldn't look like it has mold in it, is what I mean by that kind of cloudy. It shouldn't be green. Unless there's something green in there, then of course it's okay. And whenever you're making any kind of product that you've not made before and you're not sure about it, always contact your, your university extension office, your state college extension, to make sure that the fruit in your area and what you're trying to do is probably safe because they have a master gardening program there and they usually have a nutrition education program. But to my hardcore canners out there, you know what I mean and you'll be fine. But it's always good to double check. Also, once you've got this strained out, you're gonna need a saucepan or a pot and this is where the fun part happens because you're going to bring that and the sugar, pour the vinegar and the sugar in that saucepan or pot and you're going to bring it up to a low boil. Now I want you to understand something. Um, once you strain that fruit, you're going to strain it at least three times until it's clear before you start adding sugar and the, the vinegar to the pan. So now we've gotten to this part, let's talk about what happens next. So now you've got your vinegar, it's kind of clear, you got your sugar, you put it in the pan, and you're boiling it. Now this is that great part that if you have those, um, those Pyrex pots that they used to have, this is wonderful that, because you can watch the whole process and it's a really good non-reactive uh, metal. But if you have to use a pot, you have to use pot, not a big deal, it'll work. But try not to use anything that are those like non-stick things because you don't want that in your food or in your drink if you can help it, especially in something like this. 
once you've uh, gotten everything up to a boil, uh, not a roiling boil, just a little low boil, a good enough boil, then you're going to uh, let it cool down for a second just to get off that boil. You're going to pour it into your hot jar. Once it's in there, make sure you leave your headspace and seal it with everything that's been hot and washed and sealed. And then you're going to let it come down the room temperature again. Once it's down the room temperature, you're going to put it in your fridge, label it and date it, leave it in there. You can have it up there for as long as three months, sometimes six. But there's something you need to understand. If it looks like it's bubbling and fermenting, or if it looks like it's got mold or anything looking funky, this is not kombucha. It is not supposed to do that. If that happens, throw it out. It's no good for you and it's got to go. Hey, throw it in your garden. Why not? Don't throw it in parts where things are growing, but maybe throw it in your compost to help it break down or something. But, you know, don't let it go to waste. But definitely don't consume it if it starts looking strange. And now you've got your shrub and you can drink it mixed with rum or brandy or even just a little bit of sparkling water by itself or even another fruit juice. And it's refreshing and it gives you just a bit of perkiness. listen, here's the fun part. You can add other flavors to this. Like you could actually like put things together that would not be expected. Maybe a little tiny bit of basil and some strawberries together to make that kind of shrub. It would be really cool. Nobody would be expecting that flavor. And again, you can put it in water. You can put it in sparkling water. uh, You can put it in rum or vodka just to give yourself a kick try not to use a light liquor it doesn't quite taste the same but who am i i'm not the boss of you but everybody doesn't drink so don't feel that you have to you could definitely add it to a cream soda or something along that line you know i enjoy i so much enjoy sharing recipes like these with my friends and we're friends right Let me know if you try this. It's end of summer. Uh, We're heading toward fall rapidly. So enjoy the fruits of your labor. Enjoy the fruits of nature. And make yourself something fun to drink and to sit around and, you know, just celebrate life and the simplicity of good friends and good food. And sometimes your only friend is the creator and the fruit that they have provided for you, depending on what you believe. I'm not going to tell you what to believe. You know what you believe, and I believe what I believe, and we don't have to believe the same thing, and that's okay. But what I do believe is that when I saw her face, now I'm a believer. Okay, that's enough of that before I get sued. Uh, that song was Believer, I think it is, by the monkeys. Um, I, I set that up. I know. I was bad. I know. But yeah, so... Um, Let me know how yours went, and I do look forward to seeing you again here on my Magical Cottage Core Life, and I hope you enjoy your drink. So, uh, skull!